Hello and welcome to the 20th episode of the Top 250 Podcast. I'm Sam Kane, and today our film has half the title of our previous movie. It was released in 1995, directed by the infamous David Fincher. It stars Morgan Freeman, Brad Pitt, Gwyneth Paltrow, and uh, pretty much every character actor you can imagine from the 90s. Uh, The movie, of course, is Seven. My guest today, he's not my brother... But we share a last name. What's going on, Cousin Alex? What's up, Sammy? It's good to be on, man. I'm a big fan of your show. Thank you. Uh, I'm so glad we actually get to record one of our movie conversations after years and years of multiple deep discussions. Yeah, so many, man. So many of my best memories from way back in the day was just us watching a ton of movies and talking about them and stuff and going to movies on Christmas. So I'm just happy to be on with you. So, Seven, I know you're a big David Fincher fan, so had to Dude. have you on for this. Uh, when was the first time you saw Seven? Because I, I saw it kind of later. I think I might have seen it after you um, first saw it. I think I saw it around 2007, around the same time as Fight Club, actually, and I instantly became a huge fan of Fincher. So at that point, Zodiac was coming out, and I saw that, of course, and he was just instantly my favorite director from that point. He still is to this day, pretty much, other than Stanley Kubrick. So they shot this movie in Super 35 millimeter. This allowed them to shoot in very low light, so it it the camera picked up a lot of um a lot of light, even though there wasn't much light in the scene. I mean the the film is so dark, so it, dark. It sets such a cool tone. It does. Now they don't identify the actual city in the movie. Uh, yeah, I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, I and I didn't realize that until researching it after. I thought maybe I missed it at the beginning. I kind of assumed it might have been San Francisco just because of uh, the way they go out to the desert at the end of the movie. Because yeah, I was that like, was if that's New York, then that's really confusing because there's absolutely nowhere in New York like that, right? Oh yeah, no, that's it's it's clearly California or Nevada, whatever that that scene. <laughs> Um, so I was like, it didn't look like LA. Maybe it was San Francisco. I don't know if I missed it, but then, you know, reading everything afterwards, I was like, oh, they, they don't name the city. Um, I mean, they're, they're portraying it to be (laughs) the seediest of cities. So I guess maybe, uh, they don't want to put a, put a name to that, but it makes it interesting. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's fascinating how, um, the whole film is really so dark and then the, like the, the, most of the scenes are shot in the rain or they're inside with shadows and everything. Like even, um, Mill's, uh, apartment with the train. Yeah. Above it. Yeah. That was, yeah, and I think I'm pretty sure it was, it was raining all the time, right? It was a conscious choice to make it just constantly raining. Yeah, it's just it it was just so dreary there in this this unknown city and uh yeah the apartment I guess that was in the script um with the train and everything but the dogs were not in the script those were actually Brad Pitt's dogs yeah that was a weird ad I never really understood <laughs> that they have like four dogs yeah in a tiny New York apartment yeah that was interesting an interesting it was good choice for the character there. though I guess. You see, he's a nice guy when, you know, he comes home with Somerset for dinner that night to have dinner with Tracy, and he goes and says, where's the kids? And he goes off into the other room, and he's wrestling with all the dogs. It kind of shows that he's just like, you know, he's just a goofy idiot. 
Yeah, exactly. But he's a nice guy, and you kind of, you know, feel for him. Yeah, you do. I was trying to figure out the significance of one song because I'm a, I'm a big fan of uh, pop music, especially older pop music. So the song Love Plus One by Haircut 100 plays in the scene where um, they're they're meeting the guy to try and get information to see who, uh, who checked out certain library books. The Mr. Stinky Man. Yes, yes. Mark, <laughs> actor's name is Mark Boone Jr. Big character actor. Um, but I was just like, what's the significance of this song playing in the background? Both the band and the song title have a number in it, but it, it doesn't really relate to seven at all. So I don't know. I didn't. I didn't really come to a conclusion. <laughs> I was just genuinely curious because it wasn't like a hit at the time or anything like that it came out in 1982 actually i'm sure it's a, a song that our dads listened to back then you oh, know yeah probably getting sloshed at some boston dye bar near com ave yeah, yeah their com ave apartment <laughs> yeah yeah but i thought that i thought that scene with mark boone jr was pretty cool because that was they're basically describing the patriot act and i don't know like five years later after 9-11, obviously, it became legal for law enforcement to monitor library records of people. So I thought that was pretty cool that there's a cool snapshot of like 1995 that the police couldn't use library records as evidence to catch a serial killer. Yeah, right. It's almost like that scene was supposed to be like a big shock, like when they're in the barber shop and uh, Somerset is explaining it to Mills, like, oh yeah, the FBI does this, but it's almost laughable today. Yeah, it's ridiculous. Like, oh, they're... I mean, they're, they're monitoring us all the time. They're listening <laughs> to this podcast right now. They're listening to us record right now. I, I know, man. But they couldn't even check John Doe's library <laughs> records and he's already killed four people at that point. Right, and like, they mentioned that... Um, John Doe had to be someone who was wealthy or well-off. So you have to wonder, if that's the case, wouldn't he just purchase these books? Like, why would he be going to the library? But you can argue that, you know, he did want to get caught. So maybe that's why. Maybe he was just trying to lead a trail to himself. Yeah, that's serial killer behavior to pull all those books from the library. Yeah. I love that scene when Brad Pitt's reading off the books, and he's like, of human bondage, bondage, not what you think. (laughs) 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 He's such a lovable idiot. Brad Brad Pitt is just so great. He is, yeah. Um, This is like his... uh... I don't know. What did he do before this? He did Legends of the Fall. Legends of the Fall, yeah. Yeah. River runs through it. Yeah, that that's a pretty right. good one. Yeah, and then um, vampires. Yeah, class. Yeah, that's right. That was, that was a weird one. Yeah, so he was he was on the rise. Uh, Morgan Freeman and Brad Pitt they weren't like the the number one choices. Um, I guess. Oh my god, the the some of the other. <laughs> the, I mean, I, I saw some of those names and I was blown away. This movie would suck if like <laughs> Sylvester Stallone was Mills. That oh my god, what a disaster. <laughs> Adrian What's in the pot (laughs) Oh my god Yeah and then uh, I guess Denzel was rumored as well But Yeah I don't like that either to be honest 
No, the, it's it's perfectly casted the way it is. I mean, it, it's perfectly cast. It, it's one of the few movies that you literally couldn't change one of the four main cast members. They're all four of them are perfect. And like even like simple scenes are just so enhanced by each actor. I mean, the scene with um with Tracy and Somerset in the diner. Um I just felt like if you had other actors doing the scene, it's it's not like, you know, terribly yeah, not even commanding close. or anything like that. It's but like they they just really elevate like kind of the simple dialogue that's there. Especially Morgan Freeman and the way like um Gwyneth Paltrow reacts to when uh, Morgan Freeman says, uh, you got to spoil that child. Yeah. Yeah, that seems... And she was only like 23 when this was made. Yeah. She's low-key kind of goaded as an actress. She really is incredible. Yeah, she's... She's she started um pretty early and she was in huge man is that movies. young to be in that role yeah Freeman what a run for him he was coming off of Shawshank at this time oh that's right yeah um this is actually the third movie so far on the top two fifty with Morgan Freeman in it since he Gee. he was in the Dark Knight <laughs> if you count that yeah I love that so uh. Uh, Andrew Kevin Walker, David Fincher, Brad Pitt, Morgan Freeman. I think some other people m- might have been one of the producers. So yeah, they they fought hard for the original ending that Walker wrote. Um, well, you know, you know, the heads in the box, the heads in the what box. Great execution, yeah. by John Doe. Yeah, I mean, to <laughs> cap it off with the head in the box being delivered to the desert at the perfect time. Yeah, like what if that delivery driver decided to just not do it? I mean, Doe is a maniac, but. He really can't execute under pressure. That was just a great performance by him. It really was. A plus serial killer. Yeah. Yeah, he will uh he'll definitely go down he, or he'll be remembered, whatever he says. Yeah, for what he did. Talked about. Talked about. And studied and taught. <laughs> yep. Yep. So the Telegraph UK, they did seven alternate endings that they considered for the movie. So just imagine, like, the the head of uh, the studio, head of New Line Cinema, who I think was Robert Shea, who uh, he did uh, the Nightmare on Elm Street films. It was actually uh, Nightmare on Elm Street, which uh, built New Line Cinema. Uh, yep. Then they capped it off of Lord of the Rings. Yep, yep. And then uh, blew it with, uh, what is it? I think it was, like, the Golden Compass. That was, like, their big bomb. And then they're like, oh, no, Warner Brothers, save us. Yeah, I haven't, I haven't even, I don't even know if they're around anymore. I'm sure they are, but. Yeah, they, they do, they partner with uh, Warner Brothers for all their movies. So it's like a, it's like a division of Warner Brothers. Mm. So not the same as it used to be. They, New Line Cinema used to make some cool movies. You know, Snakes on a Plane. Gotta love it. Freddy vs. Jason. Flavor classic Jason. amazing saw that in theaters for i think it was <laughs> i wish i saw that in theaters with yeah you. i was i was way too young to see that in theaters but... can, we, can we get freddy vs jason on here is that an imdb top 250 <laughs> uh maybe when it first came out some of the the fanboys voted <laughs> up to the we top mean you might need to just spam vote that up to 10 out of 10 just so we can get it on here yeah we'll get some russian bots to uh <laughs> to hack imdb Hack the that is an all-timer. 
Yeah, so good. Um, so the first alternate ending that New Line Cinema proposed is that Somerset kills Doe, and (laughs) after Somerset kills Doe, Mills asks him, what are you doing? (laughs) And Somerset goes, I'm retiring. <laughs> what? No way. Apparently, that was they were really considering Wait, that, was, that. That was a real. They were cons- recommendation. Yeah, they the were studio? considering that. No. I, oh my god, that would be, that would ruin the movie for me. It's like, it would be hilarious, but that's the that's the Sly Stallone version of the movie. <laughs> that would be so bad. Yeah, exactly. Oh my god, that would be a disaster. What were they thinking? This is what the studios do. This is why directors lose their minds. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I can't even imagine Fincher's reaction when they pitched that to him. <laughs> I, I hope he just walked out. <laughs> it basically just turns into Lethal Weapon. It's like the same formula. It's like every. It's like the antithesis of Lethal Weapon. It's the same type of like detective characters, but then the very end, they just drop the stupid action movie line. Yeah. No, that does not belong in this movie. Um, all right. What are the other ones? I can't. If that's right. the first one, so I can't wait Summer Somerset gets shot too. Um, uh, ends with Somerset recovering from gunshot wounds in the hospital, where he receives a note from Mills stating, "You were right. You were right wait, about everything." Wait, he got everything. shot. How did he get shot? I guess there's, uh, maybe it's uh. I don't know how he would have gotten shot. <laughs> Doe Do grabbed uh, Mills' gun. Yeah. <laughs> I guess, yeah. <laughs> Mills shot... Uh... Oh, no, oh, uh, oh, no, it's here. During Mills the... shot Somerset out of anger. During the final altercation between the three men, Somerset is holding a switchblade, poised <laughs> to take doe out before mills can shoot him mills fires on somerset to stop the older detective from taking away his chance for revenge i mean what were they thinking no the the knife the knife is a cool wrinkle though i love when he's throwing the knife at the wall right before that is the whole thing with doe that is cool and apparently morgan freeman was really doing that with a with of course i guess such a beast yeah right that that's ultimate badass actor. So random too. It's like, did that ever come into play? Like he was just an expert with knives, but <laughs> it never really like mattered, right? Uh, no, I don't think so. Maybe it was just just in case they decided <laughs> to do that ending where he pulled out the knife to yep. throw it Mills. <laughs> just in case. <laughs> oh um, man, that. And then so he gets the note. You were right. Like. You were right. You were right about everything. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Great ending. Jeez. Uh, so the third ending, Tracy lives after a last-minute dash to save her life. The, the, the studio originally felt that the head-in-the-box ending would alienate audiences and instead propose a more traditional climax in which Doe kidnaps Tracy and Somerset and Mills manage to save her life after a last-minute race against time. Luckily for... Future audiences, both Fincher and Pitt, stuck to their guns, uh, insisting this would not happen. It's uh, terrible. No, no, she, 
she should not live. Uh, then they said, oh, how about instead of, uh, this is the fourth one, uh, instead of um, uh, Tracy's head in the box, how about it's um, one of the dog's heads in the box? Uh, that'd be, I mean, that's even more devastating. Yeah, I feel right. Like animals dying on screen is much sadder than Gwyneth Paltrow. I know, that is true. <laughs> Who said this? Was it Pitt? I think it was Pitt. He said, I will do this movie on one condition. The head stays in the box. Put that in the contract that the head stays in the box. That's awesome. Could <laughs> you imagine that last byline in the contract? The head's to all in caps. <laughs> oh, man. It really does make it great, though. Yeah. Oh, and, and then... Any of those other endings just sound awful. And then there's... Uh, there was another thing he demanded to have in his contract too. He's got to shoot the killer at the end. He's not—he's not supposed to do the right thing. He does this out of passion. It's a great part about the character. Yeah, you know, I, the whole movie he's doing right. He's trying to do right, and then he finally snaps at the end. I think that's a really cool character arc. Yeah, and if the studio had it their way. It would be a dog shit movie. Yeah, or at least a dog shit ending. Yeah. And, you know, also, it could have taken place in a burning church. This is number five. Uh, what? Uh, an early version of the script uh, featured a dramatic different finale set in a burning church. In it, Doe manages to string Mills up with some sort of rope arrangement, uh, carving a cross into his chest belly before finally shooting him. Although... He still cites his envy of Mills' domestic life as his motivation. Somerset then shoots a, then shoots Doe in retaliation. Uh, later on, we see Mills' funeral, after which a heartbroken Tracy decides to leave town. Uh, Somerset promising her he'll stay in touch and telling her to look after herself and the baby. No. <laughs> No, no, no. Awful option, but that's still just completely terrible. Um, let's see. Then six. Things are the same, but slightly less exciting. Um, what does it mean? The Somerset kills Doe ending. Uh, I, that, that can't, like, you just can't do that. That makes no sense. Yeah. I mean, Somerset is sensible the entire movie, then all of a sudden you're just going to shoot him in the head because he killed Tracy? Yeah. The no. girl that he knew for, like, five seconds? No. Yeah. And then I guess Fincher actually had a preferred ending. Uh, this is the, the last. The cut to black, right? Uh, that's right. Yep. Yep, the cut to black after the gunshot. That's what I was going to say. That would be unbelievable. And then he wanted the dead silence for like, just cut to a black screen, dead silence for like 15 seconds, and then roll the credits. I think that would have been incredible. <laughs> yeah, 15 that's seconds. The, that's the only option I think that would make the movie much better. But obviously, people would be really upset about that. Yeah, they'd be like, wait, is that really it? It, it just pops up. Kevin Spacey is John Doe after 15 seconds. <laughs> um, yeah, and that plus I, I do like the line at the end from Somerset when, you know, uh, Mills is being taken away in the cop car. I wonder what happens to him at that point, by the way. Yeah. I know he says they're going to take care of him, but his life is over, basically. But when Somerset says uh, the world is a... 
a great place and worth fighting for. And he said, uh, I agree with like the second part. I think that's the quote. I could be botching that, but I thought that was a pretty cool quote to end the movie. Yeah. Yeah. I, I did like that quote. It was, uh, it was clever. But still, the cut to black would have been really cool. Yeah, it would have been very powerful. Definitely mm-hmm. would have. Yeah, I don't know what happens to Mills. You know, maybe <laughs> get maybe, him whatever he needs. <laughs> maybe uh, we'll get an Amazon Prime miniseries going. I could I could go for a seven reboot. Maybe do eight. But yeah. Have it be a new serial killer trying to reenact John Doe. He's he studied John Doe and was a John Doe disciple. Oh, that's not a bad idea. I mean, they're so desperate for reboots these days. Eh? And you just bring Somerset back with, like, a younger cop, and Mills is kind of just an afterthought. They talk about him, but they don't really bring him in. And then maybe you could twist it where Mills ends up being the killer. Oh, my God. We Did we just think of a movie? Oh, we got to pitch this. Do call New Line Cinema revive the studio? <laughs> yeah, save the studio. <laughs> we got the idea for you guys. Yeah. So yeah, that was the seven endings. Um, let's see. Uh, oh, wait, so those were actually pitched. Yeah, they they were that, considered. Wow. They didn't they didn't know how they they want to end it. I guess because there was so many the eighties. So it's interesting. The seventies had like the very dramatic uh, endings. The the thrillers, you know, similar to like Chinatown, where you get like uh, something very dramatic at the end, and that that's kind of it. That's the end of the movie. So Fincher's think... favorite movie, by the way, Chinatown. Oh, didn't know that. That's that's cool. But that that would make sense as to why he would want to cut to black after Mills shoots. Yeah, similar ending. Yeah, so seventies would have those like kind of like cliffhanger endings, kind of that end on a very shocking note. And then suddenly we get to the 80s, and I don't know what starts it, but uh, they end up wanting more happy endings. They want they want the audience to, to feel happy when they leave the movie. You know, they don't want them to feel down. I, I'm actually kind of curious to, to research and see what started that trend. But they actually, they do a, a pretty funny job making fun of it, and uh, Robert Altman's The Player from 1992 um i have you ever seen that movie oh yeah i love that movie oh thank god yeah that you that's uh, one of my favorite movies i, yeah, I, I, same I love here. robin same he's here. such a great actor yeah that, and peter gallagher as uh the rival agent yeah larry Andy levy from oc <laughs> yep yeah no that that's great that that's like one of the the best movies about hollywood i think it's so tongue-in-cheek like and even even like the Hol- the Hollywood people loved it too because it's it's like yeah the, this is kind of how uh, bogus our industry is sometimes. Yeah, I, I mean, spoiler alert, but I love at the end when that you know weirdo director kind of sells out like the whole movie. <laughs> yeah, he's holding firm to his vision, and then he's able to sell his movie, and he ends up getting Bruce Willis, and I think it's like. <laughs> Julia Roberts. Yeah, yeah. And they they turn the ending from like a dark ending that Tim Robbins really liked, and that's like why he was interested in the script to begin with, to like, you know, the happy '80s ending, which is exactly what you're talking about. So I thought that's that's actually a great example. Yeah, yeah. So that 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 kind of dragged into the '90s, the happy ending thing. So I guess you can see the the studios are just worried about you know. 
box office. Box which office. Is amazing because this movie was, you know, as bleak as pretty much anything you could make. And it still grossed 327 mil worldwide. Did it really gross that much? Damn. $327 million. Seven of 1995. That's crazy. Oh my God. Inflation, that, that must be like so much now. I didn't realize it Insane. So for, for a mid-budget psychological thriller. Yeah, because I, I feel like if they made they tried making a project like this nowadays, it, it would be a miniseries. You yeah, know? it'd be an HBO show, like True Detective, yeah. or you know, like a Netflix show. Every episode would be a sin, probably. <laughs> <laughs> I gotta say, that actually would be kind of cool. <laughs> yeah. Um, so a seven-episode miniseries? But there's there's no better serial killer director, too. <laughs> yeah, right? It. Zodiac. Girl with the Dragon Tattoo, Zodiac. Yeah. Mindhunter, the Netflix show, which is pretty excellent, and then Seven. Yeah. That, that, that opening uh, title sequence, I don't think we've talked about yet, by the way. That is just unbelievable. That is excellent. Yeah, that's great editing Especially right for there. that time. Yeah. It was nominated for an Oscar for editing. So, like, obviously. I mean, it should have been nominated across the board for every category, including Best Picture, which it should have won. But Yeah, I feel like so many people tried to mimic that style ever since mm -hmm. then. It's not even close. But yeah, even like uh, when you look at Fincher's films from a technical standpoint, I mean, there's so many videos online that illustrate uh, where Fincher places the camera in certain scenes, um, where the characters are standing. They mentioned that Fincher m mainly does uh, wide shots because he wants to show as much as what's going on as possible and is really picky and choosy about uh, doing close-ups. Yeah, I mean, in Seven, the, on the only camera movement that I totally remember is the chase scene when they go to Doe's apartment and want to ask him questions, but it turns out he just starts open-firing on them in the middle of a apartment complex. And the chase scene is uh, the camera's bouncing around, but other than that, everything's pretty still. Yeah, so I guess they it was uh, their choice to um, shoot Mills handheld, showing that he had like a lack of control, especially in the last scene. Like a he had a lack of control of what's going on, and then they shoot John Doe um, close up on a tripod, uh, very still. Um, they uh, they're almost they're like low on him almost showing that he has the upper hand as they say as uh, uh somerset says yeah that's a really cool choice um anything else you want to mention about the movie before we wrap up here yeah i want to talk about the the two foot the or one to two foot strap on dildo <laughs> the, dil the dildo knife yeah yeah, that was pretty brutal. Yeah, jeez, this was. I mean, think about it. Doe was right there watching that. Uh, That's got to be one of the most vicious, off-camera murders in movie history. Uh, I listened. I listened to the audio commentary of the DVD, mm -hmm. and they had for that scene. They brought in the. I think it was like the costume designer, and he said that that uh, knife deal. That two. The, I think it's it has to be at least like a twelve inch blade. 
Jesus. So like a 12-inch knife dildo. He said it was carefully engineered. <laughs> and they spent like a lot of time on how the thing looked in that <laughs> in that picture. Oh and my god. It is just savage. And did you know that the guy who unfortunately had to kill that girl with that thing was just a married guy that Doe just picked out and got to go do that for him. Oh. Not do it for him, but he forced him to do it, obviously. Even more messed up. Jesus, John. Yeah, the actor, yeah. Leyland Orser. Yeah, he's been in a bunch of different movies. There's so many character actors in this movie. We didn't even bring up... John a, C. McGinley. John C. McGinley with a... Dax. Big-ass gun. Dax. <laughs> Um, it is pretty funny that John C. McGinley's like the same guy in every movie. <laughs> he's he's always just the hard o douche side character. Pretty much, yeah. Like, I don't think he's ever been anything else. Yeah, always always like a guy you want to smack across the face. Especially with that smile. <laughs> I like side characters that are in multiple scenes. Like Arlie Aramie doesn't show up at the end of the movie. He's he's at the beginning, and then it's, he just kind of says, "All right, I'm leaving." We should do um, one that we've seen together in theaters. Are there any of those on this list? Wolf of Wall Street. Do we got a River's Edge on this list? <laughs> I wish. Can we add some of those uh, special special uh, top two fifty in Sam and Alex? <laughs> the Sam and Alex top two fifty. <laughs> that would. That would be a whole different list. I mean, you can toss Amelie out the window, and you could put Freddy vs. Jason right in there. Yep. Maybe uh, Cabin Fever as well. 